Spore. Let's continue our Sanral conversation. You'll remember that story that we ran earlier. Alta is actually challenging Sanral in court over the issue of e-tolls. A, num- a number of companies uh, are being represented and they simply say they cannot afford to, to pay their e-toll bills because it will simply put them out of business. Sanral, on the other hand, says it itself will be put out of business if these e-toll fees are not paid. So Howard Dombowski from the Justice Project South Africa joins us on the line now. Uh, Alex uh, Van Van Nikerk, is that right? I think, uh, Alex, uh, you have called into the program. Alex is the project manager of the eTolls. And uh, so I welcome you both onto the program. Howard, uh, I'm going to give you a first stab at this. Uh, From a legal point of view, do you think that uh, that Alta actually has what it takes to challenge this in court? Hi, Jan. Uh, good afternoon to you and to the listeners and, of course, to, to Alex. Um, yes, uh, Alta appears to have a, a pretty solid case. Um, h- however, the issue that I would like to actually raise on, on this entire ETOLS issue is, number one, Sanral has consistently denied that there's any such thing as a test case. And it is only now that Vusimana has finally admitted that there is. So he's been lying all, all along, which comes as no surprise. The second thing is that it is not only civil law that Sanral can use to prosecute, uh, prosecute ETOL defaulters. It is the Criminal Procedure Act and the ARTA Act. And despite the fact that they've had these two tools available to them since forever, they have not prosecuted a single person in the going on five years now that uh, the ETOLs have been in place for a vanilla ETOLs um, matter. In other words, the person that they prosecuted for number plate fraud does not constitute a prosecution for e-toll, for failure to pay e-tolls. Right. And it is quite surprising that they continue to not try to prosecute people in the criminal courts or under the Arta Act. Let me just ask Alex van about that particular issue. Howard, um, Alex, tell me, wh- why have you not used these two tools uh, in your arsenal to prosecute and then before I get there, I just want to go back one step. All I right. think in terms of the challenging of the ETOL legality, it's been challenged uh, many times and by Alta specifically. And it was uh, found by the courts, both the High Court and the Supreme Court of Appeal, that the process was legal and that the roads are legally implemented as toll roads. So it has been challenged. This is a different way in which um, Alta is approaching it. And uh, we want to get this case as quickly as possible to court. Um, uh, and it's basically exactly the same case that, that is going to court. So uh, we will need to wait and see what's happening. But for as long as uh, people are told for some reason it is illegal, they believe that uh, it is illegal and therefore we want a court now to finally say it all. Um, in terms of the declaration, it was legal in terms of that challenge, but um, in terms of a civil summons, whether it's legal or not. All right. And we will wait for the courts to make that decision. Okay. So let's get back to, to the, the issue the of... Case that, yes. ...that uh, David was referring to. Um, if you look at the record for that particular case, it was both for the non-payment of toll and for um, number plate fraud, and the person was found guilty on both. So it was tested in the criminal court, um, 
I must say it's sometimes very difficult if you look from a criminal perspective because um, if we go and take everybody to, to the criminal court at this stage, um, Sunroll is being accused of making criminals of everybody. So we're following this, the civil summons route at this stage, going through a, a summons process, and also through the summons process, that's why this is a high court case. It will give legal certainty, um, will set precedent, because most of the criminal cases only goes to a lower court. All right. So I think this whole thing must unfold, and um, I also want to just make a comment about the so-called test case. This is not a test case like in an official test case. We say this is a test case because it's a first case. We've tried to agree a test case with APA, that failed. Um, and therefore we say that the first case that's going to court now will be a test case. But it's not called a test case um, in a formal way of, of a test case. Can, can I just ask you... Will go to court. All right. I just want to ask you something uh, about uh, f- following on for a call from a call that we received from a road engineer earlier. This, this engineer said to us that, that the proper... 30-year projection had not been done. The standard of the roads by international standards is is substandard, essentially, because he said if, if you look at the way the roads have been designed, the way the interchanges have been designed, it doesn't meet international standards in terms of, of living up to the, uh, the demand that is going to be required over a 30-year period. How do you answer to that, Alex? Well, that's actually the way I called in because some of the design engineers that work on the project called me. I didn't listen to the program and was so yes. upset that somebody can make statements like that and call himself an, 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 a design engineer. Let me just quickly explain. The first phase of the GFIT was to optimize the capacity of the existing road network. So it was the existing road network which added the equivalent of 600 kilometers of lanes. If you convert that to a four-lane freeway, it's about 150 kilometers of new four-lane freeways. So that is where we started off. Optimize what we have. You can only add so many lanes to the existing um, road because there's only so, the, the road reserves only accommodate so much and you need to fit it underneath the existing interchanges, the cross bridges. We even went as far as demolishing some of our bridges to, to fit in a, a, an additional number of lanes. But the whole idea behind the GFF was then also to continue with the second phases. And that is the biggest concern at this stage because it was projected exactly that after 10 years, you will need to implement new freeways. 150 kilometers of new freeways were, was, was earmarked to, to, to be implemented at the second phase of the GFIT. Because if you take an interchange like Kaluli, there's nothing else that you can do. The interchanges, I think, is really in, ter- in terms of international standards. And if you travel internationally, at, at a very high standard. Our road network is the very high standard. So, so yes. ideas and we are providing on-road services. So I don't think anybody can question the existing freeways and the upgrades that we make. A- Alex, I just need to query so this. I, I mean, you're asking, you're asking the public to pay for e-tolls. Are you saying that in yes. 10 years' time, more money will be required from the same public that's forked out for the current e-tolls in order to start another building project? So in terms of the original um, ETOL project, it was aimed at having a sustainable revenue stream so that you don't need to go back and ask more. It is you pay for when you use the road and the tariff will be exactly the same. So whether you use this road or whether you use a new road or whatever, it's the same tariff and it's linked to the distance you are traveling. 
So if you're not a road user of the GFIP, you don't pay anything at all. But if all you're right, user, uh, but that's not what I asked you. I asked you, are people going to, uh, is there going to be further renovation in the next 30 years that hasn't been budgeted for, that falls outside of the ETOL budget? Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to explain to you that in terms I'm, of... I'm running out of time, Alex. Can you just make it as succinct yeah, as possible, to, please? In terms of project financing, it would have been accommodated within the financial model. So it's not additional money that needed to be forked out. The problem is that if you don't collect, like we don't collect at the moment, the financial model is not going to work. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Alex Fanikar. He is uh, the project manager of Etolds. Howard Dembowski before that uh, from the Justice Project South Africa raising some of his concerns.